So last episode we talked about court. And while there was a lot of things going on inside of the courtroom, there was also some antics going on outside of the courtroom. So since I wasn't privy to those antics, I brought my sister, my mother, and my girlfriend here to explain or just talk about some of the funny moments that happened outside. This is Destination Unknown, from no dad to girl dad. Bonus episode, Chamber Talk, part one. So, before we walked into the courtroom, and we were sitting down there waiting, what was the first initial reaction when we saw them come in, when you guys saw them come in? What, what did you first think? I honestly thought that they didn't look as bad as they were. She didn't look as bad, he didn't, but of course we know truly who they really are. I might have to disagree. I think they look terrible <laughs> and I think they look exactly who they are because they, uh, you know, you can put on different clothes, you can put on makeup, you can do your hair, whatever, but you're still the same people. Now, her mother and whatever person she brought with her, they were the true selves of that day, and I, we couldn't figure out what they were. Mm -hmm. His mother was a little put together, mm -hmm. and who else was with them? That was it? Just yeah, that was it. So I have to agree with Like, I think that we could see her side and what they were truly, you know, how they truly were. But his side was just more put together. They looked well-mannered, you know. So, yeah, I have to I have to agree with her on that one. Okay, okay. Uh, what did they say? A sheep in wool's clothing? Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. And compared to us and our side, it was, they were a hot mess. So, we walk into the courtroom and, of course... Both sides, meaning you, you guys, the people that she brought, you guys are out there waiting for what seems like an attorney. What happened? Because I know there were a couple of things that went down, um, some handshakes, some maybe some attempts. How did that all start? What, what brought that on? So we were all on our side. It was just the three of us, and they were on the other side of the wall, and then he comes over and wants to shake everybody's Father number hand. three? Father number three comes over and offers to shake all three of our hands. And of course, I extend mine. Um, I did extend my hand without thinking. Uh, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting on my hands and I said, like, no, thank you. Um, this was pre-COVID anyway, but... So, but that's not the real reason why you didn't do it. The real reason I didn't do it is because you didn't do it either. And also, I wasn't about to paint this picture if you... We didn't know what was happening in the courtroom. So if you came out, and here I am, extending my hand to this guy that we know is terrible. Yeah, I wasn't going to get caught up. So I decided, yeah, no thank you. Oh, you was trying to be a ride or die that day, huh? I always am. <laughs> All right, so the, the handshake things goes crazy. What about his mom? Did she shake anybody? I wasn't out there, so I don't know. That was later. She didn't come over with him. Right. Right. She stayed to herself, actually. 
um, everybody managed to migrate over to where we were and she stayed where she was. She didn't come over for a while. So where, were, where was uh, the mother's um, mother and everything at? She's floating around. I Both of them were on our side. One of them actually left. Cigarette break. And to like move her car or right. feed the meter or something like yes. that. Yes. So they all, one of them left and then they were, the rest of them were on the side with us. But again, his mother stayed to herself. Most of the time, like if you looked over, she was looking out the window or maybe like saying a prayer or something. Like she seemed, <laughs> uh, that's what she seemed like. She Why is everybody doing. praying? I'm confused about that. She was taking notes in a, in a book as well. Mm -hmm. uh, notes? Mm -hmm. What? Yeah, and then at one point, for some reason, she thought she knew me. And I thought I knew her. She looked very familiar. But after I saw her close up, it wasn't who I thought it was. Are you talking about her mother? Yeah, his mother. His mother? Yeah. I oh, his I, mother. His mother. Mm -hmm. I instantly thought I knew her because she looked very familiar. But then when I got up close to her, I realized she wasn't who I thought she was. Oh, okay. So it was his mother. I mm -hmm. thought her mom said she knew you. She did say she said that we met. And I, <laughs> and I have never met her ever a day in my life, nor have I ever seen her. Never. <laughs> That's how she came to introduce herself. Yeah. Because she said, oh, I know you. I met you before. And I was like, no, <laughs> I've never met you before. And um, well, we, she, we, introduced, <laughs> we introduced each other. And then that's when um, one of us noticed father number three decided that he wanted to start praising God over by the window. Wait, wait, wait. You got to talk about that one. I got to know about that. Go ahead and tell that story. Because that... that that was probably one of the highlights of my day when I got out of there. So the reason why I actually thought that this guy was a good one was because he was dressed appropriately. Um, eh, you give him too much credit. He had burgundy shirt, burgundy shoes. But okay. He looked like he was going to court. Yeah. <laughs> that was probably his court uniform. Because <laughs> he's been to court before. <laughs> he was court ready. <laughs> So we just like we start hearing this like humming and it's it sounds to me like a little hymn that I heard before while I was in church. I look over to my left and he's humming a church song. Um so that's why I thought to me like it was a, he was a good guy. So wait, he but was in the, he was in the, the waiting area praising God yes. out the window. Amen. But Amen. I was dead wrong. <laughs> but then he broke out into the whole, like, the verses. Like, he was just singing. Oh, he was singing. Oh, he yeah. was singing. American Idol, right in the courtroom. Right there. Right there. Right there. And then he starts the foot taps and the finger yeah. taps on the windows. And all. The he spirit. was making his own And we just elbowing left and right. <laughs> the spirit was in <laughs> So what else? Nothing else happened. So what are you guys thinking? I'm in there. Of course, everybody's prepared to go in, give their state or testify, give their testimony, be cross-examined, whatever the case may be. What's going through your minds when you're thinking that you're, you have to go in there and do something like that? Like, was there, were you nervous? Give me a sense of how you felt about the situation because technically none of us knew what we were going to be asked, especially by her. So what were you guys thinking about? What are some of the thoughts you had? I was just nervous about the fact that I realized that, you know, women seem to win everything when it comes to child support and visitation and custody. 
And I just knew that day I wanted it to work fairly, to be basically for it to work on your behalf, because I knew that all that you had been through, but I couldn't imagine what was going on out there in there because it was so long. Like we were just sitting there and everybody kept looking at their watches and wondering what was going on. And it was a lot of nervous energy on the outside, but we really didn't know what was going on in the inside. I kept looking through the window actually to like see <laughs> like if there was like a reaction of some sort. I kept seeing her wipe tears from her face and we were just like, oh my gosh, when is this going to be over? Well, that's technically what, that's basically, I didn't say it in the last episode, but it was a lot of crying. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of crying from yeah. her, just trying to gain sympathy. And keep in mind, the judge is in the judge's chamber. She was in her chambers at the time. She gave us time to talk privately off the record. Um, so she's putting on this show for my lawyer and she's crying about how like she was abandoned at 19 years old and she's been a single mother since then, which we all know now that, you know, we know that's not true. Um, she had to do this all by herself and all she's ever wanted was for me to be in this child's life. And she's reached out to my mom and, um, my brother was, you know, giving, the gifts. child gifts and cards on her birthday. Can I just pause right there? I know I probably shouldn't say this, but mom, mom, you here. How many times have we had to sign our brother's name on the card for mom? Several. Okay. Why? So he is not really. Why? Why what? Why would you have to sign his name? Because he was what? Because he ain't that type of person. You know that. You you know that. Ain't that type of person. All right, proceed. So it was just it was just a whole a whole mess in there, and I'm sitting there trying to keep myself together. And there's a microphone in front of me, so you can't really say too much because every time we talked privately, we had to cover the mic. So anything that I said when the mic wasn't covered, obviously, is echoing throughout the courtroom. So I'm thinking that it's going to be like this big grand thing where I'm going to have my moment to like speak my truth and get, you know, we have you on the stand. I'm going to have this person on the stand. We're going to cross-examine him. I was ready for this big event and I didn't realize that, you know, it was going to turn into basically like, what was it? Like two hours? Yeah. It, which definitely. seemed like eight yeah, hours. It did seem like yeah, all day. It was like two hours of just her telling lies and trying to be the victim. So, before we walk out, the lawyer's like, I think it would be a good idea, you know, if you guys just shake hands and, you know, you won. Technically is what she said. You know, you won. You know, maybe this is a start to something good. It seems like she really wants to, you know, do things the right way and co-parent correctly, blah, 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 blah. I was totally against the idea. But I did it anyway. So I walk out of the courtroom and... I walk up to you guys, and I'm just going to let you tell the story from here. So you walk out, and you seem to be smiling. We can tell she's been crying, whatever. The lawyer comes over and says, well, he has some explaining to do. Those are her first words. So I'm like, uh, okay. And then you say, I want to go introduce you to the mother. I'm like, 
what type of kumbaya moment did y'all just have in this courtroom? Because I'm confused. I came here dressed in all black for her funeral. So <laughs> you want me to shake her hand now? But, and mind you, it's been over two hours. We have no idea what's going on. You seem happy. So clearly something good must have happened. However, we need some details. We need some what's going on moments. And I think that's when we walked over to her. And clearly the manners we know are like optional or we're never taught or whatever. I walk over to you, you don't even have the respect to stand up. You want to be this pity poor uh, single mother. Oh my God, everybody feel bad for me. I'm crying, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just putting my hand out to you, which I don't want to do because I don't even want to touch you. But I do it for you because hopefully, like you said, this was the start of a new chapter. I just want to go back to the tears. She knew she lost from the beginning. Like, there's a lot of things that happen in there. <clears throat> and because I don't have it recorded or written down or anything like that, a lot of it is just from memory. But I can remember the judge asking her, or no, asking me, how many phone calls I missed? How many visits did I miss? And I said, none. I've never missed a phone call. I've never missed any visits. Now this is the phone calls were going on since August. This is January now. I never missed one. Uh, the visits were since like September, didn't miss one. So she asked the mother, is that correct? And I said, and the mother said, yeah. So she's like, wait, you've never missed a phone call you never missed a visit. I'm like, never. I mean, this is, I, I'm all about my daughter. That's all I want. So from that moment, I think she knew she was outmatched. And then when you bring the criminal records into this whole thing, his criminal record, uh, our lack of criminal criminal history, it was, she, she realized she was outmatched really quickly. And that a lot of things that she thought was going to happen in there weren't going to happen. So, so we, we, we leave out everybody, you know, shakes hands or whatever. And then his mom walks up to us from, as a, from a mother, as from a mother's standpoint, what did you, what did you think of that mom? Well, I felt like it was a humbling experience for her because immediately when she saw like the way you were dressed and it was like, wait a minute, this is not the person that I was told that we would see. I think she was expecting to see somebody wearing pants hanging off their butt and like this ghetto type person and it wasn't. And I think that the moment she realized she had been lied to, which is why I think she kept herself separate from the whole thing. And then in the end, she came over, she introduced herself and she said, I really look forward to seeing you again. And she said something to her son and she left. She didn't even acknowledge the mother or the mother's mother. Did she talk to them at all? While, while, like while they were out there together, like the mother, did the two mothers speak from from each side at all? Or his mother spoke to him. They actually had like, do you remember they had like a little argument? Not argument, but they Something were talking about the baby wearing some bracelet that she gave him, mm -hmm. and him saying something about the mother not wanting him to wear it or something. She's like. Well, I bought it for my grandson, so he needs to wear it. Mm -hmm. That's what we do, and that's what that's what you did as a baby. That's what he's gonna do, 
and that's that. So there was like, you could tell that there was a disconnect with his mother and the mother that you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. So what about the dynamic between her mother and father number three? Did they interact at all at that point or was there any interaction that you guys remember? Or was it none? Well, when he gravitated to our side, she came with him and the other person that was with them. Um, I mean, she didn't start singing or anything. Well, yeah, of course, they didn't start a choir. In the middle <laughs> no. of the... I, listen, <laughs> I didn't know what to expect at that point. <laughs> they didn't really say much to each other at all. They really didn't say much. But then again, at that point, they really didn't know each other either. So I guess, you know, I was just... I. I don't know, maybe I was just expecting the two sides since they were dating. And I thought that, you know, the families would at least be interacting with each other. So that's pretty interesting. So his mom, when his mom left and didn't say anything to anybody, I was just like, okay. It, it was is. odd for her to, you know, give up, like say goodbye to us. Right. We, we just son, met her. <laughs> and yeah, like, say goodbye to her son not acknowledge anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, and she was over there putting on a show, mm -hmm. crying, oh, yep. boo-hooing and everything. She so she wanted that attention. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, she was like distraught. It was just like the worst thing in the world had happened to her. And I, I we would take her kid. Yeah, I remember that. Yep. Just, and everybody's sitting over there. I mean, the only thing they was missing was the fan. Mm -hmm. Fan in there, so she didn't pass out. I mean, she was putting well, on the show. Well, maybe she should've started singing again. Yeah. That could have helped. Mm -hmm. That could have. Well, remember, um, I was just going to say, like, when we were waiting. So you guys went to get the car, and your mom and I were waiting outside. And just, like, talking about how it was crazy that, like, we never even went inside the courtroom. Like, the, how this whole thing works, and we couldn't wait to go to lunch. So you could tell us what actually happened inside. And then him and her come out. And I, I don't know if they were, like, smoking cigarettes or whatever. That's what they do. And they couldn't figure out how to pay at the parking thing. And well, you know why they couldn't figure out how to pay? The first two times we went to court, so for both mediation for child support and then mediation for custody, she wasn't driving. She didn't have a car. She didn't have a license. So when we left the parking lot, when I left the parking lot the first time, and she then she left the park the and she walked up around the like front she like she was for waiting for like an Uber. Mm -hmm. So she didn't, she never had a car. She well, they never, had just gotten that car anyway a couple months before court. So. Yeah, so she never had a car. So she really didn't know. She was Ubering it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the court episode outlines a lot about court, but it's not like what people think. Like, it's not like a knockout, knockdown, drag out fight like you see on TV. It's really like, it's boring. It really is boring. But since I have y'all here together, um, there is something that I want to ask. What, what Christmas, the Christmas situation with FaceTime. So this is a child that no one that you guys haven't even seen besides Polaroid pictures. And now we get to see her on Christmas and that nonsense happens. Like, how did how did everybody feel about that? How was it how how did you feel, mom, first of all, to know that you had a granddaughter that you couldn't even see? How how was that how did that feel? 
Well, I wasn't really thinking about myself at the time. I was thinking about you because you were excited for her to meet all of us. And then when her mom did what she did, basically hung it up and then text you that she wanted to be respected. I'm thinking to myself, do you even know what that is? First of all. And then second of all, it was it's never been about her. It's always been about the child, but she flips it around and always makes it about her. And so I just felt hurt about the whole thing. And and you, I'm I'm leaving Friday nights, right? Um I go and I'm seeing this child for like an hour. And and then immediately after I leave, we go to dinner every Friday and, and talk about it. Um, how, how hard was it to support me in that time? Or maybe not hard, but how was it to support me at that time regarding a kid that you knew you wouldn't meet for? Who, who knows how long? Well, I mean, like your mom said, to like until the child, like when the child comes into the picture, that's gonna change everything. But up until that point, it was supporting you. And this is what you had to do. And so if you had to buy, I don't know, 15 slime kits, that's what had to happen if that was your connection. But it was hard also to have the conversations with you afterwards where you're like, she asked me to drive her home or she asked me to take her out on Saturday or she said she doesn't want to be here anymore. And, and for you, literally to not be able to say anything that was she, tough she, you know she, i was like she probably thinks you're deaf like she's asking you these questions and you're not responding and you look to a lady to say help me out here i don't want to get an infraction because if i do i can't come anymore this is the only place i can see my daughter it's dirty it's disgusting you don't belong there you know anybody that i was telling the situation to they're like what he's there i'm like full-on suit he has to walk into this place meanwhile there's probably a guy paying three dollars to see three kids and he's nodding off because he's on he's high and you got to sit yeah. right next to him yeah. like you deserve to be like there. the second time i went there they had to pull the guy off the out the room to drug testing because he was acting suspicious like all this goes down <laughs> like in front of your kids and all that like they pulled him out the room to give him a drug test and you have to pay for your drug test so they, they, they charge you for the drug test, but he gets pulled out the room because he was he was acting, he was giving giving off some suspicious behavior. There's a lot of people in there that were on drugs. You could just you could tell they were on drugs. They deserved to be in there. Um and it was a lot of times that, you know, my daughter would say to me, like, I don't wanna be here. Can we go to the movies? Can you come get me? Can you know, so that was that was tough. And I think I just wanna talk about her birthday. So I spent her birthday in a visitation center also. And we had just came back from Orlando. Mm -hmm. And there was this toy that she wanted. And you volunteered to drive all the way to Jersey to go get it mm -hmm. after work mm -hmm. to meet me at the visitation center to bring it to her. And I didn't get a chance to tell this story in the podcast, but so prior to that us me going there that evening to see my daughter i had to text the mother to see if she was okay with meeting me against the policy because we're not supposed to meet anywhere near the center or anywhere at all for that matter uh we could i could have been kicked out 
so I asked her if she could meet me somewhere. She gave me the run around and then finally she said yeah. So we decided that we were gonna meet in a shopping center not too far away from the center in the parking lot. And uh it's pouring down raining when I get out of the visitation center. And she her mother is texting me like, Where are you? So you pull up, we decide we're going together. So we go together and we see them in the parking lot. We pull up on the side of them. Now it's pouring raining, downpour. And the mother cracks the window and I have to hand each gift individually in the pouring rain through the window. And then she drives off. That was your first, that was your first time seeing her. And that was your first time also, well, I guess seeing my daughter, you couldn't really see anything because the window was down, but there was really no interaction at all. So walk us through that, that moment for you. Well, I mean, I, number one, I was nervous because, you know, they gave you such strict guidelines at the center and that was the only way that you could see her. And now the mother wants to be a rule breaker, you know, so close to the court date. So that made me nervous. But when we pulled up, I saw how upset the mother was and how mad she was. Like, how dare you bring someone with you? And I think that was where the pettiness started that she, you know, was only going to crack the window. She was going to leave you out in the pouring rain. And I knew you were excited to give her these gifts that, you know, we promised. And it was just, it was heartbreaking because, you know, I'm a mother myself. So to know how disgusting that place was and for her to know whether you're a stranger or not, Right. At this point, you're not a stranger anymore. She had you in this visitation center for months and she's putting her daughter through that, too. Like, when do you take yourself out of it and say, OK, I'm done being petty. I'm done holding this grudge. This is not safe for my child. It's not healthy for my child. Like, I need to let go and just do the right thing. And that's when, you know, I see her. And not only do I know the type of person that she is, now she fits the description physically, too. And I'm like, you don't care. You don't care about that little girl in the back seat. You care more about him and what he has going on and the money. It was all about the money. And well, I mean, I tried on several occasions. I mean, you know that to explain to her like, hey, this isn't the place for a child. You know, we shouldn't be here. Um, it's dirty. There's a lot of kids that are sick. I mean, every week that we went there, the kid, there was at least one child that was sick and they would not let that child leave. That the parent had to take care of them in the visitation center. So we're sitting around this and the germs are everywhere. So I'm telling her this. And then finally on that Saturday, when she texted me after we had that visit, like, oh, she woke up with the sniffles. I think it's the germs in that place. I'm like, well, we, duh. <laughs> what else would it be, right? I told you all, I told you this already. So I'm thinking like, all right, this is my chance to get out of here. And then we agree, obviously, to get to get me out of there, get us out of there. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, well, I just want to wait for court. Like, so, you know, and then I had, so also, I think that I had, I had one listener ask me the other day, um, 
how come I never retaliated? Um, or when she said something, when she said her famous phrase of, I've raised this child for five years by myself. You haven't been here. I've done it all by myself. Someone asked me why I never put her in her place, uh, so to speak, and said anything. Uh, and I thought about that too. I, I never really did that. And I think part of the reason is because I knew we had to play a straight game before court. Like by the book. We had to play it by the book. My lawyer told me that to ignore the stupid comments um, and not feed into it because it, I was already on the losing side from the beginning. I'm the one trying to gain everything. Um, she has, you know, pretty much all the control. So I had to look like this picture perfect guy on paper. So a lot of the times when she would text me certain things like that, or would say certain things, and because I didn't know what I could and could get away with, as far as the court is concerned, I didn't know what evidence she was bringing against me. I didn't know if she was going to paint me as like this guy that really deserved to be in the visitation center, despite how, you know, what my career was and how I looked on paper. Um, I just decided not to write a lot of things out in message that could be held against me later on. And that was at the advice of my lawyer, because trust me, there are some things that I wanted to say to her. And when we had those rare conversations that we had when she snuck in on the phone for FaceTime or when we had conversations, you, I did say these things to her verbally because it's not what you know, it's what you can prove, but I never put anything in writing. Um, and just to spoil alert here, I, I do start to, you'll, you'll see in the later episodes and the episodes coming up that once I get a, a good feel for how this court thing really works and you know, the game and how the system really plays out, um, I do start to say a lot of the things that, I, that I've been feeling. And I do, st I do let her know, like I, I'm on to your game. So I think in, just to answer that, that listener's question, it was just because I had to play the game at that moment. It's not that I didn't want to say these things and put her in her place, because trust me, it's hard. I'm a very opinionated person and I speak my mind. Um, so it was hard for me to take that stance of just being silent just, you know, ignoring it, because that's pretty hard to do. But it was something that I was advised by my lawyer that I had to do in order to, you know, show the judge that I wasn't the difficult one. I wasn't the one that was, um, you know, the threat to the child, because you got to remember, I had a lot of things going against me, regardless if they got corrected or not. So it was just to basically make her look like the person that she is. It wasn't because I didn't want to call her out on it, but at that moment in time until I, you know, really figured out what was going on, I had to do that. So I hope that answers that question. So something else happened in the courtroom that y'all just remember. So what happened? So I had on like the, at the time they were kind of new, like the Ugg sneakers or, you know, the ones that tie up, however you want to, whatever you want to call them. And so he was like, I like your shoes. And I was like, <laughs> thank you. So he's like, yeah, she wants a pair. So I was like, yeah, I got him at the store. <laughs> so, like, I just really don't know what to say to this guy. Because I think he's just trying to, like, paint this picture that he's not the bad guy, this, that, and the third. Um, but I was just like, yeah, That's exactly okay. what he did. I mean, the homie walked up to me after court. 
Like, even after I told you I wasn't shaking your hand, he walked up to me and was just like, you know, I just want the best for you and your daughter. I've been telling the mother that she needs, you know, that she should just let you see her. I've never want to come in between, you know, a father and his child. Like, I'm so glad that you, you got what you wanted out of this today. And hopefully things aren't going to be this way moving forward, you know, because I've been telling her for months that she just needs to just let you see your kid. And, you know, it's funny how it, it's I think about that and I, and I think about situations that are happening even currently, like right now, and it's funny how people get in front of your face and they say one thing and they, they portray themselves to be this, you know, this type of person. But then when they don't see you and they, you know, it's over the phone or it's through text message or it's on Instagram, all of a sudden you're a gangster, you're a thug, you got all this stuff to say. So I think that's funny, you know, the contrast between now and back then, because all of a sudden now he's, you know, he's a thug. He's you know, he's about that life and he's really not. What I will say is that, so when you had me go up and shake her hand, you introduced me or whatever, she had nothing to say. Whoop, fast forward, she still has nothing to say to my face, right? It's all, like you said, behind a screen and behind a text message where you can't be held accountable. Yeah, well, we don't want to get to people too much because we didn't get there yet. We okay. didn't get there yet. All right, you well, know, just... we... The, the real the real story, you know, the real story is honestly just beginning. So next week, just stay tuned. Um, the story starts to get really interesting from here. Um, it's all about wins and losses. So I want to thank you guys for listening. Again, uh, follow me on Instagram. Tell a friend about this. Let's try to get some change happening, you know, with the, with the family court system because it really is broken. Um, but we appreciate you guys listening. Hopefully you enjoyed this. Hopefully we can get together and do something like this in future episodes. I don't know. You guys have to let me know how you feel about these episodes, but the story will continue next week. Until then, we out. Destination Unknown is written and recorded by me. Music also by me. Follow me on Instagram at destinationunknown.podcast for updates. And be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast so you don't miss a show.